You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 153 of the Well Woman podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We are talking in this episode all about womb and water. I am joined by Megan Whitston, and we are chatting about the womb and water connection, transformation, and awakening. Now, I reached out to Megan um, because she's like the water goddess online, and I wanted her to join us to talk about the impact of water and I guess the sovereignty and awareness of water and womb and how everything's connected. Megan herself is a modern day mermaid who's on a global mission to spread the awareness of the healing power of water. She also does shamanic womb healing and awakening with women, helping them reconnect to the sacredness of their womb space and helping them to harness the divine power of their womb and sexuality. Naturally, of course, I love everything about that. (laughs) For Megan, water and the womb are about awakening and go hand in hand as water was the tool that helped her personally relieve all suffering and shame around her own menstruation, sexuality, and womb trauma. She is super passionate about helping guide women who are suffering in silence with any physical and energetic elements into their divine wombs. And she uses water as a portal for that. In this podcast conversation, we discuss the power of tuning into your body and listening to yourself. We talk about womb awakening, shamanic womb healing, how we can begin to reconnect with our womb. We discuss the water and womb connection, including the feminine energies of our body, our womb and water. We chat about hydration and then lastly, how to welcome more water into our lives. Now, this particular episode was recorded not long after my personal Rona experience. So with my voice in this episode, I sound a little bit croaky and I sound deep and a bit more masculine. So please forgive me. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it with Megan, water is one of the most essential elements in life, and I love water for multiple reasons, and I hope this re-inspires you with the womb and water connection. Have you heard? We officially have launched a brand new Well Women Academy. Yep, today's show is sponsored by this new signature membership program, the Well Woman Academy. Would you love to discover your own menstrual cycle, understand ovulation, master menstruation, and live cyclically? Well, your menstrual cycle membership is officially here. The Well Woman Academy is a monthly membership where together we study things like menstrual cycles, cycle tracking, cycle rituals, contraception, the feminine, eating and moving for your cycle, and so much more. It's the number one place to discover how to end cycle signs and PMS for good. For less than $2 a day each month, you'll receive access to over 150 live recorded classes and cycle specific learning modules across a wide range of formats like written, audio, video, and home study. Not to mention every single membership gives back with menstrual cups to menstruators in need. Thanks to our commitment with the COVID project. Join me and hundreds of women from all over the world inside our private Facebook community and online learning portal as together we awaken our cycle, reconnect our bodies and guide you to live in cyclical harmony. Learn more and join us at www.wellsome.com forward slash academy. Megan, welcome to the Well Woman podcast. Hi, Gemma. Thanks so much for having me. 
Thank you for being here. I know it's taken us a few goes to get here and I'm very blessed that we're finally here sitting down having this conversation. Very excited for what's to come in our chat today. Um, But before we jump into it, tell us what day of your menstrual cycle are you on today and how are you checking in, tuning in and feeling? Yeah, great question. Um, I'm actually on day 28, so getting ready to start my bleed in a few days and um, feeling, feeling myself going into that premenstrual phase and um, what I've done today so far to honor my body. It's the afternoon here. So earlier in the day, I felt my body uh, calling me to rest and um, just took some time to nap and meditate and allow my body to be still. So great question. It's one of the best ways to welcome in, I guess, your bleed in a few days is to really just honor that. Do you feel like you're kind of drawn in that direction most often when you're in this late in autumn premenstrual phase before you begin bleeding, are you really drawn to like sit, be present and meditate? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel that. Um, I kind of call it going into my hermit mode where I, it's like, I kind of tune everything out, um, and, and tune into my body because I spent so many years not doing that. So I realized that when I do do that, not only do I have a, a smoother, Uh, experience with my cycle but I just connect a lot more deeply with with myself and with my soul and it's funny to to say that uh, or would have been funny to say that a few years ago talking about our menstrual cycle and but really for me it's been a tool for me to just tap tap in deeper with myself you are spot on it is such an intuitive tool like we all have this as born menstruators even if you don't have and we can dive into this too but even if you don't have a physical womb like if you've had your uterus and your ovaries removed or had a hysterectomy um, so to speak you can still connect in this way so I find it really really beautiful now tell us like Megan who are you because you're known online as like a hydration expert and a womb shaman so how do you become, how did you become a hydration expert and a womb shaman and what is that? Yeah, great, great question. So I would say these things are kind of like um, personas or names or just aspects of myself that I felt called to step into. Um, I know a big part of my journey for my whole life had been very deeply connected to water, um, was a competitive swimmer for a long time. And basically since I was a young child, um, I've always called myself a mermaid. And as I began to um, step into my more um, teenage and adult years, I started to kind of uh, read and pick through the, the breadcrumbs, if you will, of how much water um, and mer- being a mermaid is connected to sexuality and connected to um, the power of, of our womb. and yeah. Um, where else do I want to go with this? Yeah. I'm really passionate about water because, um, around the same time that I had my womb awakening, as I like to call it, um, I was actually found myself in 2017, um, in Bali. And a lot of what I think activated that for me was going into waterfalls there and even going into water temples there. And, um, I felt my my womb and water began to kind of create this uh, interwoven dance and and speak to me and show me that 
for one, that I needed to get off hormonal birth control. And two, that me figuring out how to heal my body and heal my womb in a holistic way, that this was going to be a very important part of me being able to help other people and help other women who have experienced a similar background or similar pain, similar disconnection to the sacredness of the cycle and the sacredness of um, sexuality and all of the things that come with that. So I would say that is where my journey really began uh, in this space and do a lot of different things. Um, water really was the catalyst for me to beginning to have something that was not completely outside of myself because we are all made up of water. Um, majority of our, our body is water and the majority of the blood that we shed um, during our menstrual cycle or our blood in general is water. So the waters of my body began to lead me to water to uh, find, find my path, I guess, if you will, and have been really passionate about these two topics ever since and feel like it's my highest excitement and my soul calling and my mission to help as many people as I can because um, it lights me up and I just feel so um, alive and feel so grateful when I'm able to help somebody unlock this power of self-healing um, through all of the work that I do. Oh, I love all of this so much. I have so many questions. I'm like ferociously typing notes as you're, you're sharing a little bit about your journey. Bali, what a beautiful space. Very, very feminine. It is a, an absolute water island, literally. The water runs. If you've never been to Bali and you're listening to this thinking, oh, COVID, I'm never going to get there. The water literally hits the mountains and it trickles all the way through to the ocean. And then the ocean is you know, not all of the ocean, but sucked up through the clouds and then it comes back to the mountains and it's this beautiful cycle of water around the entire island and the islands of Indonesia. Um, so I love that you had your womb awakening there. I've had a lot of personal deep awakenings in this heart space of Bali. Um, but I'd love for you, if you feel open to it, to share a little bit more about a womb awakening because I know that there's menstruators who are listening to this thinking, oh, my God, like, I would love to really deeply connect with my menstrual cycle and my womb. How do you awaken your womb? So are you open to sharing a little bit about yeah, your own womb awakening yeah. and what is a womb awakening? Because everyone's got a slightly different interpretation of it. And I think that you'll give a really good one. I just have this feeling that you've got a really good definition of it and what your experience yeah. was. Yeah. Great question. I like to call it, I've kind of shifted my vocabulary from calling it womb healing, even though that's very much what happened um, to womb awakening, because that feels like a more empowering term. But really, for me, I'm going to give a little bit more backstory on my background. Um, I grew up in very strong Catholic and Christian um, upbringing and faith, um, which is very beautiful in many aspects. But because of that um, very religious upbringing, I also came uh, into a lot of programming and I took on a lot of beliefs around uh, shame and not only my sexuality and just shame and being a woman, but also shame in my menstrual cycle. It felt very um, taboo. It was never talked about. I felt like I never 
really had the tools to, to really understand my body for one, um, but two, to understand, you know, this very natural part of life and part of womanhood. So for me, what the womb awakening means is realizing that um, I had this power within myself to be fully in my body, be embodied and connected to my humanity um, while interweaving in the divinity and sacredness of being uh, in, in a female body, which I feel like is a very divine and very sacred thing um, because as women, we bring other souls. We literally have the power to bring in souls from non-physical onto earth and that we do that through our womb space. So coming into that awareness and really shifting from the shame into um, just empowerment overall was what I define as my womb awakening. And that all started with how I related to my menstrual cycle. So going back through the moments of my childhood and preteen years and teenage years where I felt shameful, felt like I needed to um, hide my cycle. I needed to hide the pain. I needed to mask it with hormonal birth control because I was in so much pain. So really it was just, there's so many layers to it, but really I think it's linking um, the humanity of being in a female body with the divinity of our soul, which is not as genderless, right? But kind of linking um, earth, which through my body and the heavens, which is uh, the universe, my soul, whatever you want to, whatever name you want to call um, the energy, the source of, of life, basically just having this realization of how sacred and divine it is to be a woman, to have a cycle, to bleed, um, to have a womb space. And that is really where it all began to meet for me. And I would say for people who are wanting to be connected more deeply with their womb space or their menstrual cycle, whatever um, that looks like for you is probably gonna be a little bit different than what it looked like for me. But really it just begins with acceptance and awareness. And um, yeah, I could probably touch on this forever. Um, but yeah, there's many, many layers to it and it's gonna look a little bit different for each person, but I think the root of it, if I want to um, make it very simple is eliminating shame and turning that into an empowerment. Oh, I love that summary, eliminating shame and turning that into empowerment. I think that everyone, like you mentioned, has a different relationship with their womb and a different relationship, even with their yoni and their body. Like if you just think, if you're listening to this and you just think, well, what's my relationship like with my boobs? You know, what's my relationship like with my nose? And what's my relationship like with, you know, my hair, so to speak? Like we all have our own unique relationships. And I love how you said that as womb woman, you know, us with wombs, and I believe everyone has a womb, regardless of your gender and how you identify. Yeah, like we all have an energetic womb, and that's because we come from a womb. Yes. And I think that 
when you were talking, I made a little note to, to come back to this, is that we are, as the birthers of humans, we are the soul transporters. We take them from the one side of the soul life to this present side of the soul life, and we have the ability to teletransport that. And I got a hands-on experience when I was pregnant in 2020 in an unplanned pregnancy, which I um, terminated. There's lots of podcast episodes on that that I've recorded if people want to learn about that journey. But, you know, that was one for me where I met the soul of my child and I learned about the soul transition and that soul did not want to come into this world anyway. So I think that um, some people might find that a bit woohoo, but we are the soul transporters. And I love that you kind of alluded to that. And we do, we give birth to souls. And I think that's so, so beautiful. Um, I'd love to, you touched really briefly on beginning your own womb or reconnecting, we could call it, for those who are just starting a journey or a process. Let's just say this is 2022, the year that they want to reconnect with their wombs and awaken their wombs, which I'm like, yes, do that this year. Um, I've got a couple of ideas for myself, but for those listening, what would you recommend? I know you mentioned it's really kind of about visiting shame and where do you feel shame around your cycle? But what are some things that some menstruators who might want to take a bit of a journey in this way this year, what could they do already at home before they go and say, work with someone like yourself or work with a menstrual cycle coach? What can they do for themselves? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Um, usually where I start with most people is um, encouraging them to start tracking their cycle. That's one of the very first things that I did. Um, and there's many ways you can do it. There's tracking apps. You can take a calendar, but really like before I became aware of conscious menstruation, um, I never tracked my cycle. I never really knew. I just knew, you know, one time a month I would be in excruciating pain and I would be find myself, you know, on the floor of my bathroom, my bedroom, just praying for a solution. And I think for those who are still menstruating, one thing that they can do is start with tracking the cycle. And yeah, just there's many, many ways to, to begin, but this is the one that I, I like to encourage people because it's very easy, it's free, it's simple. It's um, just one of the things that brings that awareness back into your body, into what you're feeling. Um, and even, and a suggestion too, for those who are maybe um, not menstruating, I've gone through menopause or maybe don't have a uterus, um, you can still do this, um, but doing it with the, the moon cycle, like tracking how you feel the beginning, um, you know, maybe a starting on a new moon um, and going all the way till the full moon, like the energetics, we've, you've touched on this, the energetics of the womb space, even if your physical organs aren't there, it's, it's still in your body. We all, like you said, ha have wombs and just beginning to tune in, even, you know, taking a moment to put your hands on your womb space um, and just closing your eyes and meditating and just like beginning to try to sense that subtle energy of your womb and, you know, maybe asking, you know, hey, precious sacred womb, what message do you have for me right now? And whatever comes to your mind um, first thing even if you it sounds 
you know, like you're making something up, whatever comes to mind, like maybe journaling and writing that down and just beginning to tune in to that energy um, and, and see what you find. Because yeah, I think life, when we not only tune into the messages of our body, but of our womb, our womb, the energy of the womb can lead us. And the first place that we can start is by just being aware that there is that subtle energy there. There is that life force energy housed in our body that can give us messages from our soul or from our spirit um, that can enhance our, our everyday life. So that's, those are a couple places they could start for sure that are very, very simple and can do in privacy of your, your home and yeah. Free, they're also free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because I feel a lot of people are like, oh, I can't do that healing journey because it's going to cost me thousands of dollars. It literally doesn't cost you anything to begin yeah. a healing journey. So I love that. Thank you. Yeah, the, uh, just to read, I was taking notes while you were talking and sharing. Track your cycle is so easy. For everyone who's listening, if you're new to the podcast, I have a free Love Your Cycle tracker you can download with videos on how to use it. And to take that, like what you were saying, tuning into the body, Doing that with a written tracker is so much more in depth than just using an app. So using a calendar of some form is really good. Um, and then you, you mentioned about connecting with the energy of the womb. That's actually my favorite thing to do in Shavasana. You know, I always like traditionally Shavasana is kind of like laying like the angel in the snow on the ground with your arms, you know, space between you and your body. But I always love palms down and I literally tuck them under my undies, under my yoga pants, into like onto my room space. And that's just one way I like to connect every single day, um, along with, you know, um, yoni cupping and lots of other things. But yeah. to, add, to add one more step to that, that I think that would be really helpful because you mentioned this earlier, and I think it would be a really great step is that if everyone just sat for a moment and thought about what their menstrual cycle was like when they first started menstruating, but also what they felt like in their body. I know for me, I was really uncomfortable in my body. I didn't like my body. I didn't like having boobs. I used to duct tape, duct, duct tape my boobs, you know, under my bra, under my school shirt, because I didn't want boobs because my brothers used to tease me so much at that time in my life about having boobs. And I was very athletic and it wasn't a cool thing to have. And I, um, you know, I really rejected that. So just look at where you feel or felt shame at that time in your life. And is that still present? Um, I had this exact conversation with a brand new client that I started working with yesterday she and we talked about um, touching your cervix and connecting with your cervix, which is an internal thing. Luckily for men, everything of theirs is external. It's all hanging out of their body. Everyone can see it. But, you know, for us, it's internal. It's a bit of a mystery because you can't see it. You can't know exactly what it looks like. Am I feeling the right thing? And, you know, one of her homework tasks was to explore how her cervix feels. But she felt really ashamed to do that because she's like, no, I can't do that. Like, I can't put anything inside myself. I can't touch myself. I can't put a cup in or tampon. And that just, you know, I begged and posed the same question to her. Well, let's just explore when did you first start feeling like this and where did that come from? And I think just those little things are a womb awakening, yeah. you know, going, fuck, I've been feeling like this for two decades or since I was 13 or my mum used to say the same thing to me, whatever it might be. So 
Thank you for sharing. I went on a bit of a tangent there. Um, Kind of switching gears slightly to understanding the womb and water. You mentioned earlier, like back when we started, about the power of water and how we are all water. I love that. And I also think we come from water, like we live in water in the womb and then birthing into water. Oh, exactly. This is we begin as mermaids. I love that. Um, But how is the womb and water so connected? And what is the, you know, the sacred connection between the two? Yeah, great question. So it's a lot of different approaches I can take to this. Um, The Give them to us all. Yeah, sure. sure. So the, the womb space or the the energy center, if you will, uh, associated with the womb is the sacral chakra, um, and that the element of that energy center is water, which is not um, not a coincidence. And like you've touched on, you know, when we enter the world, we are entering from our mother's womb, which is completely water-based. We are literally surrounded in water and yeah, just there's, there's many layers, I guess we could go. Um, yeah. So I feel like the, the sexual energy too, like that energy is very fluid and life force. It's like water and it's flowing and ever changing in, in various cycles. Like, you know, we can take the menstrual cycle itself, you know, similar to the water cycle, you know, it takes on a different form um, depending on where we are at in the month. And I think everything in life uh, runs in cycles and the most beautiful element or the most um, malleable um, element, if you will, on earth is water. And it's able to transmute and change from solid to liquid to gas to plasma and it's happening all the time and I think that is also what happens in our womb space on a you know a physical level we are you know on our menstruation we're shedding blood we're shedding the water the waters of our body so I don't know I just I feel like they're just hand in hand, very, um, deeply connected. And really for me, I was able to see how, when I began to learn about, um, the sacredness of water and how water is conscious and water has the ability to hold information. It has the ability to shift and to mold, um, depending on what you say to it, what, what you store it in, um, what you speak or sing over it. Um, so is our womb conscious, just like water. And our womb has a consciousness of its own or an energy of its own. And when I began to wake up to water, that water is more than just just water, something that you drink that you have to stay alive. That water is actually a conscious being that is a, a vehicle that is a messenger and deliverer of messages and consciousness. I began to realize, oh, wow, my, my womb is the same way. Like I thought it was just this organ in my body. I thought it was just this thing that makes me able to, um, bear children or, you know, like you think it's just this inanimate, or I thought it was just an inanimate part of myself. But I realized that just like water has consciousness, so does my womb. So does my life force energy. And that I think 
was a really, really big key part for me because then I began to be conscious about the water that I was putting in my body. And through that awareness, um, that was able to bring me so much relief that I, I wasn't able to find anywhere else. And I think it's, you know, a physical, there's a physical level to that, um, but there's also a spiritual or metaphysical level to that awareness. And um, yeah, I think just be bringing the consciousness, bringing the presence, bringing the awareness to it is, is how I think the two are really um, deeply, deeply interconnected. There are so many connections between the two. I love all of the ones that you highlighted. It's just so profound when you when you first start learning about this. And if you're listening to this and is, if this is the first time for you, it is so profound. You're like, so you're telling me that I was born, I, was, I grew in water and then I could have been born in water and that's why I love water so much. Like there's so many different levels to it. And I remember my ancestral teacher when he was talking about tridiums. Now this is like a little bit off track, but it is all to do with water is that, you know, tridiums are these things that grow in your eyes where I live on the East coast of Australia. It's a very, you know, heavy surfing space and spot here where I live. So it's very common for surfers to spend lots of hours. Like my brother will go surfing for six hours a day, like literally, you know, he blocks out four hour surfing period. So he can go and just be in the water. And I, you know, a lot of surfers get these tridiums, which is just like a bit of a growth on your eye because of the impact of the sun and the water and the reflection of the sun from the water. But my ancestral teacher, he taught me that to heal pterygiums, you need to place your eyes back where they once grew, where they formed, which was the salt balance of the womb space that you grew in. And I was like, oh, my God, are you serious? I told my brother, this is a few years ago now, um, that like to heal your pterygiums when you're out in the ocean, you need to free dive a couple of meters below the surface and do eye exercises under the water open and close your eyes, move them around, get all the water in there. And he did this. And over a period of time, his pterygium started to slowly heal just because of the healthy sea water and the salt balance in the water. And it's just such a great example of why I personally feel at home the most when I'm on, in or around water. And there's a very big difference for me, and I guess it's because I've always lived within a couple of kilometres to the coast or the actual beach itself, is that, you know, swimming in a dam or a river or a lake is, for me, very different to swimming in the ocean. It's just like a completely different um, experience for me. And I just put that back to it's a homecoming. It makes me feel so connected and it brings me back to my you know, my free space of myself. Now that was a bit of a tangent, but I love that. No, it's so beautiful. I agree a hundred percent. And that I learned something new. I didn't know that about what are they called? Pterygiums? Pterygiums, yeah, in your eye. They kind of yeah. grow on the, the inside of your eye yeah. where your nose center uh-huh. is and then out just just on your eyeball where your iris is. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, it's there's lots of really profound things to say around salt water and living so close to the ocean. Um, you know, the salt water itself has its own pH level and balance. And some days the salt, like the surf, is very big and it's all mushed around and therefore it gets this foamy-like film on the top of the surface of the water. 
Other days it's pure and clear and, you know, it's such a beautiful thing when the water is clear to open your eyes and look underwater. And it just, it's very, like just that alone is profound, I think, when you can see underwater. Yes, humans can see underwater. Um, But I think something else that is so beautiful about water and the womb is the way that the water connects with femininity and I really feel this is why so many and surfing was traditionally it began as a males or a masculine sport you could say but ultimately it I feel it helps rebalance the masculine into the body of the feminine and anytime one of my best mates you know, he's quite a masculine man. And I'm like, dude, you just need to go for a surf, like just (laughs) tune out, go for a surf. And everything is unpredictable in the ocean. You don't know whether the wind's going to change, the tide's going to change, the direction of the current. Um, You know, if there's going to be a rip, if there's going to be a bigger wave or a small wave, you just don't know. And that's the, you know, the art of being really connected with the feminine. You feel the body of the water rather than rely on what you see. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my Reset Your Cycle Masterclass series. This is a three-part live class series to transform your menstrual cycle knowledge and increase cycle confidence. Throughout three live classes, you'll discover understanding your cycle hormones, what they are, how they change throughout the four phases of your monthly cycle, and how they contribute to how you feel. You'll also discover cycle disruptors and what you can do, those things that make you feel a little bit out of whack through your cycle off balance and impact your moods along with your hormones. And then we cover your cycle and natural contraception. Gain a better understanding of contraception, the good, the confusing, and how to choose a contraceptive method that serves you and your health goals. Head over to wellsome.com forward slash shop to learn more. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash shop and use the code cycle love to save 20% off. So what's, how would you explain the connection between water and femininity? Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful question. Yeah. I think the feminine energy is, is very fluid like water. And I think, you know, Femininity is not, doesn't just look like one thing, you know, we go through various ebbs and flows and connecting to my femininity was also part of my womb awakening because um, for me personally, I grew up as an athlete and it was just very much more like into more masculine things, if you will. And the femininity, I think like water, when we slow down and we really just observe and tune in to our own energy, to our own emotions. Um, Emotions are also very uh, linked to water. Um, I call the emotional body, the water body. And when we are tuning into our emotional body, I think that is something that connects us to our femininity where we become just aware and present and, and quiet and able to flow more easily with what comes at us in life. And yeah, I think femininity is something that is, is fluid. It's not, it doesn't just look like one thing all of the time. And yeah, I think the connection between our emotions and 
our water body and water in general, it's like this, yeah, cycle again, the water cycle keeps, keeps coming to mind. And I think first and foremost, the dance of our emotions, because we go through many um, being in a female body or even males and male body, they still go through, we still go through the same types of emotions. And I think that is something that can help balance femininity in somebody, male or female, is just being okay with feeling, um, listening to and looking at your emotions, not making any of them wrong or bad, um, but just tuning in to, to the messages that they have because they carry a message just like water. I love that they carry a message just like water because emotions do carry so many messages and water also is a messenger. Even if you think back to the, the age and the era where we used to, you know, travel in ships around the world, not everyone did that, but, you know, they used to put messages in a bottle and they used to, you know, why yeah, not just float away? Float it out to sea. Totally. So water has been a messenger for a very long time. And even if you think of the messages, uh, and I think whales are a very beautiful beautiful creature and there's many different you know variants of whale um in the sense that there's lots of different types of whales there's whale sharks there's you know blue whale anyway there's a lot of whales out there but they the way that ocean life or sea life travels sound through the water is so beautiful too and I was thinking before when you were talking Megan, around there was a study that was done, and I can't remember um, the exact name of the person who did this, but in Japan, you might know this. There's a study of, of water and the, the vibrancy and the frequency of sound and how that impacts the cell structure of water. Have you seen this study? Yeah, I think uh, you might be talking about uh, Masiro Emoto's work where yes. he speaks to speaks different things or shows pictures to the water and the, the water crystal changes form. Um, yeah, I love that. And yeah, it's really, really powerful. That is one of the things that I think um, to those who are waking up to water, becoming aware of that. And that's one of the, I guess, external evidences that are, are out there to show you that water is conscious. It's not just this liquid, you know? It's so beautiful. It's, a, it's an amazing. And if you've not seen this, just Google water study and sound frequency and water crystals or something like that. Yeah. But it, it, it is absolutely profound how that happens to water. And it just makes you think that, okay, if I'm sitting here and I have a glass of water, um, which is very clean water, <laughs> but um, and if I was to talk ill to the water, and really, you know, give it bad confidence or put it down or bully the water, how would that water then change? And then how would that serve me? And then that makes me think on another level, God, we could go so multidimensional with this, but how water gives life with plants and food. And, you know, I have a, a vegetable garden and if it doesn't have the right quantity of water, it looks sad. And then when if I go out there and I do a bit of gardening and then I give it more water than what it normally gets through the water timer, then it looks happy all of a sudden. And the more I connect with the nature, like with the garden and talk and plants and all that stuff, the more it's, you know, fruitful for me. But that's all just because of water. 
Yeah. And it's one of the key elements for all human cells. It's one of the key elements for plant cells, for animal cells, everything. Um, so, yeah, it's very, very profound. But talking about the importance of water, let's talk about hydration um, and consuming water. So what are your, like, give us some insight into that because I know there's probably people listening to this who are just saying, well, water's water, right? You just yeah. drink it. <laughs> yeah, totally. So something that I like to um, just bring awareness to is a lot of what we're taught around hydration is, oh, we should be take, drinking, you know, eight, eight ounce cups a day and we're good. Um, but I just want to shift maybe the perspective from not so much, you know, how much water you're drinking while that is important is that not all water is, is able to be fully absorbed by ourselves and just beginning to become curious. Um, you know, if you, if you drink bottled water, if you drink tap water, just becoming aware of, you know, what is in the things, the water that I'm consuming and putting in my body, like bringing that awareness and taking it, you know, a level deeper too, you know, beyond just removing the contaminants from water, but like you touched on with the Masiro Moto and, you know, how we speak to the water, um, water carries an imprint of energy. So all of the things that the water you drink or consume, say take tap water, for instance, um, all of the pipes and the chemicals that it's been exposed to and all that it takes to go through the pipes to get into your home, um, that water is carrying an energetic imprint. And one thing, I know we were talking about hydration, but this, this feels important. Um, one thing that you can do besides, you know, being aware of what is in your water, but like the energy of your water, the structure of it, um, you know, one thing that I like to do that has brought me a lot of um, resonance and just connection deeper with my water is I drink water from a glass container instead of from plastic or, or any other container um, because glass is able to um, hold the structure and the energy of water. Um, but yeah, back to... I love tangents, so go ahead. <laughs> focusing on like you know, not so much the amount of water you're drinking, while that is very great to be, you know, aware of how much water on a daily basis you're consuming, but yeah, become aware of, you know, is this water actually being absorbed into my body? You know, one thing that I noticed before I woke up to water was that I would drink a lot of water. I would drink a gallon a day, but I would be constantly feeling like bloated in my stomach. I would be constantly going to the bathroom to pee. Like just never, I just never felt hydrated, you know? Um, so yeah, some water is, is a more compatible for our bodies than others. And yeah, I think too, if, if you're someone who's not, you know, aware of, or really in tune with water that you're drinking, like, can you try to consume more water in a day? You know, can you try to incorporate more water into your, your daily routine, whether that be drinking more of it or, you know, taking baths where you just go inward and tune into yourself and even tune into the energy of water. I think all, these are all things that we can do um, that are, are free that can start to make us aware of, of the water, you know, in our bodies and the water around us. Totally. There is so many, like, we could talk about water forever because water yes. is life, <laughs> literally. <laughs> like water is life. It's kind of in Ayurveda and ancestral health, they would dive into you know, um, the river of life, 
and they would talk about you know the river like one of what's the main river in India called that's uh, not the house is it the not the is it the Gan, Ganges? yeah yes yeah, something the along G. yeah like I've been to India but I haven't been I've only yeah. been to southern India and you know, the river of life is one that flows freely and our digestive system could also be referred to as the river of life. So what comes in comes out. So it moves through this river of life very easily. But anytime there's like a a roadblock or a speed hump or there's a bit of construction in the way, it's going to slow down that journey of of life, you could say. And water is a life giver. It's it's a life saviour. Um, and it's so important and I think that I love how you talked about it's not just how much you drink but it's where it comes from and how you drink it Um, I know everyone around the world drinks slightly different water but when I have traveled in the past around the world I notice water a lot you know I'm very I'm a bit of a and I'm sure you're like this too I'm a water snob and I'm okay about it like I never drink the water anywhere else apart from my drink bottle, which has come from the water that I've purchased. So I know exactly what it is. But when I travel, I have less ability of that, especially when it's overseas or it's outside of my own state. Um, and I've always for a very long time looked for a portable water filter that I could use that would just be in a drink bottle. You know, something I can use when I'm camping, for example. But what type of water would you recommend drinking if someone was looking at purchasing water um, or where do they find the, the right water if we're like, okay, I shouldn't drink the water in the taps. And the reason why I ask you this, and I'd love to hear your experience too, is I always used to think the water, I'm like, I pay my rent and I pay rates through that rent. And because I pay for that, I've already paid for my tap water. So I will drink the tap water. That used to be my, my mindset. And I had a leaky gut at the time and it was one of the extra things that I just wanted to clear up. So I started to purchase alkaline water in bottles that were like in Australia that we'd call them like a 1.25 or a one and a half litre bottle. But it was like four or five dollars for like just a plastic bottle of water. And I didn't find it very good with the amount of rubbish that I was throwing out. So I wanted to change that. And then someone introduced to me reverse osmosis water and you could buy a 15 liter bottle of it for $4. And I was like, oh my God, are you crazy? This is insane. And I just was like, you know what? If you stop like telling me I should do it, I'll just give it a go and I'll see how I feel. I was starving for water for the first three weeks. I was, I could not believe all of a sudden it was like my body had awoken to clean water. And it was just like, this is what we've been looking for all of our life. And I was like trying to restore all the water I hadn't drunk at this stage. I was like 26, 27. And I just got so thirsty. Like I got really thirsty. So that was my experience. And I've never changed since. I still drink reverse osmosis. Um, I add salts to the water if I need to. I already get lots of minerals. But drinking water for me has been a really big change in my health. And it was such an easy change. So what was your experience and what water do you recommend? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. I used to drink reverse osmosis as well. Um, and then, yeah, the water that I drink, um, is called, uh, electrolyzed reduced water, ERW. Um, it's a type of alkalized water. Um, so different from, you know, chemically alkaline waters, it's essentially water that, um, has been filtered, um, but it's also been brought back to life. Um, think of, places around the world, um, 
I'll give a couple examples. Um, Lourdes, France, uh, Nordendal, Germany, Okinawa, Japan. These are all places um, often referred to as the blue zones and they have these miraculous healing springs in these different locations that people will often trek, um, spend, you know, hours or, you know, days traveling to these places so they can either drink the water um, or bathe in the water. And the water that I drink now, uh, electrolyzed reduced water, is like having one of those healing springs in your home. So um, I also do travel with it. Um, I can, it's the only water that you can travel through TSA through security. Um, I take my machine with me. I take my water with me when I do travel. So that's a, a benefit of it um, as well. But very similar to something you touched on is like, I began to be aware of how much um, plastic I used to consume and how many things that come in plastic containers um, that I was buying and going through. And so I'm, you know, I'm somebody who wants to uh, proliferate or help the life of the planet and the environment as much as I can. So finding um, this technology and this machine has been something that, you know, I'm not only giving this uh, very living um, water to my body, but I'm also, you know, reducing the amount of plastic and other um, things that I would have been buying. So that's um, what I found. And I did used to drink reverse osmosis as well. And Something I learned along the journey is that the, one of the great things about reverse osmosis is that it does remove all contaminants from the water, which is great, but it also happens to remove the organic minerals, the good minerals that our body does need. So we do need some minerals in our drinking water, and that's the only uh, complaint that I have about RO, but I upgraded from that to the water I drink now, and it was the you know, I would say the main source of all of the physical relief I experienced in my body from my womb issues to the ocular migraines I used to have. I used to have really intense migraines as well that were very, very severe. And um, out of all of the waters I've tried, this has been the one that has worked, you know, for me physically. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really passionate about it because I've shared it with a lot of friends and family who've had various health issues and health conditions. And, you know, all they've done is, is change their water to this water and it's helped them with the various ailments they have, you know, not making any medical claims, but just saying they, the water allowed the body to do what it's designed to do, which I believe our bodies are designed to heal themselves. So that's a little bit about the water that I drink. And yeah, it's, it's I love very, that. very life-changing. <laughs> Water is life-changing and yeah. water is definitely a healer. And so any healing journey that anyone's on, water is one of those things that helps support that and the quality of water is important. So, yeah, I definitely, I, I love everything that you shared, so thank you. I actually noticed when I was in, um, this is a few years ago now, but when I was in Croatia, the buoyancy of the sea there is so dynamic that so many people, and this was the, you know, one of the top parts of Croatia um, in Sabtat. And in this part of Croatia, which is very, very close to the Italian coast, so many people go here to heal. 
and who have chronic disease because they just bathe in this really buoyant water all day and it gives them, it's an extra force of life force. So I love that too. I think that's really great. For everyone who's listening, I'd kind of like to sum up with a final question um, for the topics we've been chatting about. What is some steps, some simple tips and steps that you would recommend for someone who's looking at bringing more water into their life and then choosing a clean source of water. What, where can they start? What would you recommend to get going? Yeah, um, great question. So um, I'm not sure of other resources outside of the U.S. that I'm about to mention for this, but here um, in the U.S., um, we have a website called um, ewg.org, um, which is um, Environmental Working Group, and they offer to those listeners who are tuning in who are based in the U.S., they offer um, a free water quality report um, where you can go and you can type in your zip code. You can become aware of the contaminants and things that are found in your water. I definitely recommend starting there for just awareness on how to so cool. how to find, um, you know, the, the drinking water. And, you know, for those who are listening, I do have um, a, a resource that just came to mind um, that is through... Um, a, a similar company that will do a water quality report for anywhere in the world. So if you're listening and you want to find that, you can connect with me um, and I can share that. I'm happy to um, where they will do that for pretty much anywhere in the world. Um, same thing, a free water quality report and to bring some more connection or sacredness to, um, to water in your life is just my favorite thing truly is to go out in nature, find a body of water, whether that's a waterfall, a lake, the beach, the ocean, um, find a natural source of water around you and just go spend some time in nature, you know, being in stillness or being quiet. And, you know, you can get in the water, you can do whatever you feel called to do. But I think, um, the message that really wants to come through is that to anybody who is listening to this um, and resonating with what we're talking about, or just even, you know, being able to tune into this, this is water, um, the consciousness of water making an attempt to connect more deeply with humanity and each of us. So know that water is conscious and water does want to connect with us and to work with us. Um, you know, as a, um, you know, team, water is, is, is attempting to become, um, yeah, in contact with humanity, which is beautiful. And that's something that I have felt called to share with people is like, you know, if you find me, if you find my content, know that water is making an attempt for you to connect with it. And, um, you know, other things you can do become, aware of what, you know, type of container you're drinking water out of. You can do something very simple, whatever water you're drinking, um, you know, take some time to speak to your water. You can speak gratitude. You can speak, um, you know, things that you want to manifest, talk, communicate to the water you drink before you consume it. Um, and two, you can also talk to the waters of your body, you know, speak life speak the things that you want to create to yourselves um, out loud verbally with your mouth um, you can you know create a sacred bath ritual um, my favorite thing to do is 
create a bath, um, get some uh, sea salt. Uh, sometimes I'll go to the grocery store and get little jars of sea salt to pour into my bath um, to kind of recreate the ocean. Um, and you can go in, um, add whatever you want to your bath to make it sacred for you and spend that time um, tuning in, connecting to water. Same thing like I suggested doing with the womb, being still, being quiet, you know, saying water, what message do you have for me? Um, water, how can I honor you more? Water, how can we work together to help the planet, to help earth, whatever and comes to mind, um, tune in and, and listen, because I can promise you that water is always communicating to us um, and, and water is life, water is love. Um, we are not separate from water, um, even though, you know, physically sometimes it appears that water is a separate being from us, but really it's just part of our, our divine essence and who we are. And you can start to connect uh, with water in whatever way feels exciting and inspiring for you. Oh, I love all of those tips. Thank you so much for sharing. It just makes me realize why I love swimming in the ocean every yeah. single day. Yeah. You know, that's people are like, you're crazy in the middle of winter swimming in the ocean. And I'm like, yep. You know, regardless of the temperature, it's right. something that I, I definitely strive to do. I don't do it every single day, but I have right. the goal of doing it every day, you know, because one day maybe I'm away and I'm not near the ocean, so I don't yeah. get to do that. But um, thank you so much for sharing. I have a final podcast question, which is a, a podcast question I ask every guest. So I'm very excited to hear your response to this. We're kind of switching gears a little bit. I want you think, um, to think back, Megan, to your younger menstruating self. So when you got your period for the first time, what are three things that you wish you had have known then that you now know today about your cycle? Yeah. Well, first thing that comes to mind, I wish, which I'm not sure if these were around when I was menstruating, but I wish I would have known about menstrual cups um, instead of tampons. I wish I would have known that um, because it does using, working with that um, does make you just more connected to your blood and more connected to your cycle. So I would have told my younger self to go find uh, a menstrual cup. Um, secondly, I would have, I wish that I would have known that the pain I was experiencing and feeling in my body was in a sense, my body and my soul communicating to me to slow down. And I would have taken the time to really like tune in um, to myself and what I'm feeling and and then thirdly I would have I wish that I would have known that <laughs> this time of the month is a very sacred thing and it's not something to be ashamed of or to hide and to hate and to you know just feel bad about um, I, I wish that I would have known that that's what I would have communicated to myself but I know everything that I've been through led me to where I am now on my journey so no regrets but those are the three main things I would have coached or, or told my younger self about to to make things a little bit um, you know more smooth beautiful thank you so much for sharing all things I wish I had have known and yes, actual menstrual cups have been around for decades. Yeah. I didn't know this either. I, I, I didn't know that. 
But menstrual cups, like one of the first menstrual cups was developed around like 1940. And so they've been around for a really, really, really long time, but they haven't, I guess, been as money producing potentially and perhaps as what tampons and pads have been, but they have been around for a long time. Um, So I think it's, yeah, it's it's just crazy, but I didn't know this either. So thank you so much for sharing. Now, for our listeners who are tuning in, who are like, how do I find Megan? What is the best way for them to connect with you? I'll pop all the links in in the show notes as well. But how can they find you? Where do you hang out the most? Yeah, I would say I'm on Instagram the most. So you guys can find me at metaphysicalmegan. And um, yeah, I have have all my my links to things I share there. Um, I respond to all of my messages. So if you feel inspired to ask me a question or connect with me, please uh, send me a direct message. I would love to just build a a relationship or connection with anybody who resonates with me. Um, And yeah, find me on Instagram and we'd be happy to, to connect. Amazing. Megan, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been super fun and time has absolutely flown. (laughs) (laughs) Time flies when you have fun. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag WellWomenPodcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.